How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees with your boys, Alex and Nick. Today, we're discussing Aaron Hicks, struggling outfielder for this Yankee team, and why he is expected to have a much better 2023 season. Now, are we saying Aaron Hicks is going to be an all-star? Are we saying Aaron Hicks is going to be a great player? No, that is not what we're going to say, but we are going to give some reasons um, and justifications as to why he will be better than he was in 2022. Now, it's not that hard to accomplish, considering he was ass in 2022, but we're going to take a look at his projections. We're going to take a look at what he can offer this team. We know he's going to be competing for that starting left field job alongside Oswaldo Cabrera, Rafael Ortega, um, and maybe if they bring in somebody else. But for now, I view Cabrera as the pretty much, I would say he's the cemented star. It's his job to lose. I'd say it's Cabrera's job to lose. Hicks could come out of the, the woodwork and, and make a serious run at it and, and showcase what we've been waiting for him to show um, for years now. It's unlikely, but you know, competition's a good thing. I think it's going to help Hicks elevate his game. I think it's going to help Cabrera elevate his game. Hicks traditionally, you know, as a defensive player, has shown good defense in the past. Last year, he looked lazy. He looked like he didn't really care. He looked like his awareness was off. He looked like his head was just in the clouds um, at times. And, you know, that's unacceptable for a major league player, especially playing for the Yankees. It seems like management is still willing to give him an opportunity, but we're going to discuss his numbers, discuss what, he get, what he's bringing to this team, and maybe he can turn things around slightly and offer um, just a little bit more and, and maybe just be at least an impact player in some variable, in some scenarios. Yeah. But, uh, but Nick, when you're looking at Aaron Hicks, what are you thinking about him and how you do today, my friend? Uh, I'm great. I'm doing really well. Uh, again, Hicks, we're doing this episode because yesterday we tweeted out on the Twitter saying that Aaron Hicks has got to be better than this last season. And a lot of people took that the wrong way. A lot of people mean or read that as if we're saying that Hicks is going to be a great player. Dare I say even a good player? No. Hicks is just going to be better than what he was. And that's because, one, the shift is being eliminated. He was shifted against 92.6% of the time last season, which was the most of any Yankee. And we saw what happened when that, when that was basically the case every time he stepped up to bat. It was just soft rounders, line drives into the shift, nothing in the air. He lost all of his power because of that wrist injury. But there's still something left to be desired with Hicks. He had those mistakes in left field where it's like, you know, the Rays game specifically, where it was just, oh, you dropped the ball that you thought was foul and then you just stood there. And then the other one that went right over his head, I think, the next at bat or the guy after the next one. And that was where it's like, okay, this is who Aaron Hicks is. And that's where all of this hatred has really come off of from last season. But Hicks actually had his best year last year since 2018. So one... That says how bad he's been since he signed that seven-year, $70 million contract that he signed back in after 2018, where he put up, I think, a 4.7 F4, 4.1 F4. He was really good in 2018. And when, you, when he signed that contract, it was like, hey, this is actually a pretty good deal. $10 million per year for a guy that's going to put up three, four war. It looked like a good move. However, we've learned it was not a good move. In fact, it's like, a, it's like Ron Howard from Arrested Development, like the narrator, where it's like, Aaron Hicks, in fact, was not a good player, uh, but I do have some hope that he's going to be better this season. There's just like, like you said, there's no way he can't be. He was really, really bad, but his defense in left field does make me feel a little bit more confident and comfortable with him out there. He's certainly not a center fielder anymore, but he posted four outs above average and one defensive run saved in left field last season, both of which are above average. So if Hicks does see, say, 300, 350 at-bats this season, he should be a little bit better. Now, that doesn't mean his swing and misses and inability to hit the ball for power are just going to you know, disappear and come back for the latter, but it does mean that he's not going to be completely useless on the baseball field. 
Yeah, well, hopefully he's not completely useless on the baseball field. But guys, I'll give you guys some numbers into what he did last year so we can kind of formulate this opinion, formulate this analytical drive into where he could improve in 2023. So, of course, 33 years old. You know, he's probably beyond his prime at this point in time. You're looking at his prime uh, really back in 2017, uh, 2018. He really performed well. Uh, But things have progressively just gotten worse and worse and worse. He actually was quite decent in 2020 during the COVID-abbreviated season. But, again, you know, some juice baseball. Not really much sample size. It was 54 games. 2021 obviously dips down to 194 average to the 294 OBP. He was just bad. Played 32 games. The wrist injury definitely shut him down early. Um, 2022, 130 games, right? Played 130 games. Pretty decent sample size of action. He only hits eight homers with 40 RBIs. Um, not what you want to see. 13.7% walk rate. He still has a patient plate approach. Um, 24.1% striker. It is his game. It always has been. That's why he, he was a leadoff man for for a little bit there but now it's like a 33 percent on base rate is not good enough he hit 216 last year 90 wrc plus he was a 1.5 war player he projects to be much worse than that um in in 2023 according to his steamer projections they have him hitting 223 with a 33 percent on base rate nine homers and 36 rbis in 87 games so they have him playing a lot fewer games almost 43 fewer games than 2022. So that's an interesting uh, situation to begin with. They do have him at 102 WRC plus. Um, so he does get a little bit better in the WCR, WRC plus category defensively last year. Um, he was not very good, as we mentioned earlier. So in totally played 995 innings at a 996 fielding percentage with an error. Um, and then you have him in terms of DRS and outs above average. Uh, he finished with four defensive runs saved and one out above average. So those numbers, you know, they're okay. It's nothing yeah. special. It's not like 15 DRS like Harrison Bader posted in 2021. So you're looking at a player that's like, you know, he really did not spend a lot of time in left field, 413 innings. Um, center field's really where he's been prominent. But now you have Bader, you move him over to left field, and you're hoping that he can kind of lock it down. He has 13 defensive runs saved across his entire career in left field with negative one outs above average. It's not his preferred spot. Uh, but he's getting older. Maybe the speed's falling off. You know, his athleticism's definitely taking a hit. And then offensively, his power metrics have also declined. 33.1% hard hit rate last season. That was there his lowest no since 2017. <laughs> There's no power, right? 5.8% battle rate, lowest since 2016. Oh, his average exit velocity, 87.9, the lowest um, in since 2017. Like, he, I his think that power. Was less than IKF had. Yeah, it's gone. His power just is gone. And. You know, the lefty, the left port, the right porch in Yankee Stadium is the only reason he's able to hit these home runs. Um, but the thing is, like, he's not hitting the ball hard. He, he's really relying on that pull rate. You know, Ryan loves the whole pull rate concept, which in Yankee Stadium, it makes a lot of sense if you're a lefty hitter. But, you know, personally, Oswaldo Cabrera, who is a switch hitter as well, and I would rather go with potential than what we already know Hicks is. And that's just like, an average player probably across the board, maybe slightly below average at this point in his career. They're ha- they have met 102 WRC plus, which basically is like an average player. Um, according to his steamer projections, that could go either way. It's a projection after all, so we don't know. But Nick, when you're looking at this left field position battle, you know, Hicks may get a little better, but even if he does, it still is not enough for me to justify benching, or not benching, but not considering Cabrera as the best option to start there. Oh, no, I absolutely agree with you. And the thing with Cabrera is a lot of players, a lot of players, a lot of fans have noted when you, we, we put together a little Cabrera laser line drive highlight video. Uh, Sam Lakini has been awesome with the videos that he's been producing for us. But a lot of those were left-handed. And people are like, oh, I'd much rather see, like, like where are his right, like, where is his righty hits? Where are all of his home runs he's hitting right? 
Sometimes you don't need to be really good from both sides of the plate as a switch hitter. We've seen that in the past. Justin Smoke, Lance Berkman, both guys were switch-handed batters that really only hit one side pitching really well, and then the other side of the hand, other-handed pitching, they struggled against. So maybe we see a platoon out there, which means Hicks will probably see more lefty guys, and then Cabrera will see a lot more righties on the mound. Because Hicks, I believe, was actually pretty decent against the lefties, and throughout his career, he has had more pop from the right side, historically, like speaking. But I just... It's hard because, look, Hicks is going to be the guy that gets so much more shit than anyone else on the team. And that's honestly, I'm not going to say it's not deserved because this guy, like you said last season, just didn't seem to really care. Like his mentality completely disappeared. He didn't really care anymore. At the end of the season, he said, I had a bad year. It wasn't what I was expecting. Um, and this is also on the heels of at the beginning of the season where he's like, I can see a 30-30 season. Uh, Aaron, <clears throat> yeah, anyways. I, I think that Hicks is the guy that's going to be, even if he, he also still may get dealt. That's the other thing, because he has 10 to 5 rides coming up soon, which means that once he accrues that amount of service time, which is 10 years in the league with five years with one club, he can veto trades. So if we wanted to dump Hicks off to like the Pirates or the Reds, Hicks would probably be like, I don't think so. So maybe the Yankees are going to want to act on that here in the, couple, in the next, couple, uh, next coming weeks and get rid of him before the season starts. But as of right now, he's not like he's not the left fielder, but he's probably going to see a lot of time in left field. And honestly, if he posts a 100 WRC plus, that'll be because he walks a ton. It won't be because he's going to be making a huge impact with his bat. It'll be because he's going to post a 13, 14% walk rate, which honestly is fine if he's not striking out 28% of the time like he's done. So if Hicks can do that and get back down to that low 20s, high teens strikeout percentage, which I'm not saying he will, but if he can, then he's not going to just be a complete useless baseball player. And he's making $10 million this year, which seems like a lot. But again, for a guy that put up a 1.5 F4 last season, that's about, that's about right. Because one F4 is worth approximately $7, 8000000 million. Maybe it's gone up a little bit with like the like extrapolating out to modern baseball and contracts now. So if Hicks can post a 1.5, that's about what he's getting paid to do. So I don't know. I... I don't want to say I'm a believer in Hicks because I'm not. And if you are, that's just really wishful thinking. But I am a believer that Aaron Hicks is going to be at least a 220, 340, 350, 360 player, which means 700 OPS. He's going to have all right defense. He's probably going to hit like 10 home runs, eight home runs, steal eight bags, six bags. And who knows, maybe his wrist is fully healed now and he will kind of get some of that power back and he will barrel the ball up more. I mean, you set a 5.8% barrel rate. That is... That is really bad. bad. That's really, really bad. So maybe he can do something a little bit better, but it's, it's, it's hard because we like to be, we try to be confident with our guys. I mean, obviously we have gripes with a lot of players and we are very harsh on players, but that's because like Trevino said it best and Rizzo have said it as well, where it's like you come here in New York and the fans expect greatness. The fans expect you to play well. They expect World Series championships. And when you don't deliver that at all, it's going to be a bit of a rude awakening for some players. So Hicks, mm -hmm. less time at Top Golf, less time at the driving range, more time in the batting cages. That's, that's all I'm saying to Aaron. That's, that's my end-all be-all for Aaron Hicks right there. That is the statement of the offseason. If I see one video of this dude playing at, like, Dory Pines, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> 
I mean, look, maybe he's trying for a career after baseball because he knows it's coming to an end soon. But as you said, you know, he's gonna be part $10 of $10 million. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, yeah, exactly. But look, <laughs> I think there's a good point you made there. $10 million is not really a starting level outfielder anymore. You know, no. like, look, Ben Attendee's getting, what, $15, $18 million a year? I mean, look, if you want an actual productive outfielder you know is going to be consistent and provide what you need, you got to be paying $15 plus million for, for a, a free agent that's proven. Um, yes. it's different if you have a guy who's maybe at service time, you know, it has not accumulated enough to become a free agent or haven't hit arbitration yet. Um, but free agent wise, if you're going to get a starter, you're paying 15 plus million dollars these days, $10 million for a fringe. Ex that's exactly what I was kind of referencing, referencing even jerks and profile probably gets more than 10 mil right now. So, you know, you're know. probably Jerkson looking has, why has no one even inquired about profile? It's been very quiet for jerks and profile. And he was like, like one of the better left field team. options on the market. I think people want the lefty hitters in left field, and I mean at least the Yankees do. He's a switch do, bat, a which is nice. He's a switchy. He's a switch hitter, but you switchy, know I, I like that. He's a switchy. That's I like awesome. switchy. He's a switchy. Aaron Hicks, um, switchy. <laughs> he's a switchy. Cabrera, switchy. But I'll tell you what, ten million dollars for a fringe starter isn't like look. Aaron Hicks's contract. Would I like to get rid of it? Absolutely. If we could find a way to offload him, I would do it in a heartbeat. But the ten million dollars we're paying Aaron Hicks is not what's stopping the Yankees from making any other moves. You know what I mean? Oh, like, let's not let's not pretend like it's holding us back. It's the 21, 20 plus with the vesting option, the Donaldson. That's like a legitimate amount of cash that you could go and get, a, like probably two more bullpen arms. You could sign uh, maybe an injury, like a guy coming back from injury that has a lot of promise. You know, maybe a star. I don't know. There could be so many different guys that, that fill that mold. It could get a bunch of different players for that type of price tag. Yeah. But you could get Profar and Chafin for the price that you pay for Donaldson this year. Exactly. And just have Profar, like, compete. You know what I mean? Just compete. Um, a Profar Cabrera said, outfield would be insurmountably yeah. better than a Cabrera Hicks outfield. And Profar is not even that great of a player. But Profar is still okay. going to be able to hit 30 doubles over 500 plate appearances because he likes right, to right. get and find the gap. Hicks, on the other hand, hits just nothing but soft hits. Like, last season, someone brought up a great point. <laughs> I think, hits, like, hits. four or five... <laughs> I think four or five of its hits last season were like four mile an hour hits the opposite direction off the end of the bat against the shift. And it's like, well, yeah, it, it not maybe not four miles an hour off the bat, but they were like absolute squibblers, soft hits that were like swinging bunts that he got on mm -hmm. base from. And honestly, that's if he can just make a living off of that, that's fine. I, we don't need Hicks to be this power hitting outfielder anymore. He's no longer going to be this guy that could hit for 20 plus home runs. Now, if he hits 20 plus in 2023, I will buy an Aaron Hicks jersey, but I just don't see it happening. However, eight home runs, 10 home runs across 350 plate appearances, that's, that's fine because we're going to have Oswaldo Cabrera playing a lot more time out there. We may see other guys in the minor leagues pop up. We signed Rafael Ortega and Willie Calhoun. Granted, Calhoun's not a good defender, but maybe we see a resurgence here from him. And Rafael Ortega, or maybe it's Rafael Ortega, is not a bad player by any means. He's like a 115, 120 WRC plus bat. So the, the, the leash for Hicks has gotten so much shorter this year than it was in years past. And that's what I think a lot of Yankees fans want to see. Because in years past, it's been Aaron Hicks. We believe he's going to turn it around. We have hope for Aaron Hicks. And then this last year, he really struggled, had the bad mentality, and they benched him. So maybe that finally lit a fire under his ass. It only took four years. But maybe finally he's going to come into this season just ready to compete and throw his body on the line for the organization and play well. Again, I don't know if he will, 
but I want to try to be positive with Aaron Hicks. It's probably the hardest thing to do as a Yankees fan. But if Aaron Hicks is starting three out of six games, three out of five games during the week, you got to be like, all right, you have to do something. You have to be productive. You can't go 0 for 1 for with a single, and you cannot ground into inning ending double plays every time you're up to bat. And that's why it's so hard to root for Hicks because it's always whenever we have big at bats, he's the one that steps up to the plate. And it's, it's like so oh, annoying. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. But look, my last thing that I'll say is that I think that Hicks' primary problem is mental and not not entirely physical. I think that he's his confidence is shot. I think that it mounts as the season goes on. It compounds, and one big moment isn't enough. He needs like legitimate consistency. Um, it just he looks like he's not confident in himself. He looks like he's not really there. And you know that foggy moment he had when the ball you know hits off the the wall and it bounced into play. You know or whatever happened. I forget what happened. Yeah, but, wait, you know, he hit off his glove because he tried to catch it, the wall. and then he missed it. And then he's just like he standing there, like ah. And everyone's like, uh, Aaron, like the ball is in play. Let's go, dude. That's a like, play what are you doing? that You're a major league player. You, yeah, that's the type of play that indicates he's mentally off. You know what I mean? Like. I don't know if he'll ever recover from that because playing for the Yankees is a mentally strenuous job. But I will say I kind of believe that if he can fix it, he'll be a productive player. Do I still want him starting? No, I'd rather go with a youth prospect than Cabrera and have him develop and and see what he can do uh, because he is going to be better defensively and he probably is going to – if Cabrera can get his walk rate up a little bit, it would make Hicks – completely expendable right like yeah. i think that's kind of like the last little bit of cabrera you know reduce that chase rate a little bit um you know improve your patience you know improve your walk rate get on base a little bit more even 33 34 would be pretty very i'd be very happy with that with him um i i i think that's where we're kind of looking to to hit with cabrera but end of the day if hicks can get his mind right he can be okay for us but right now um Am I confident he's going to turn it around? No. I mean, this is an older player who's at the back end of his of his prime. I don't think that we're going to see some youth revitalization. This isn't Daniel Jones, and the coaching hasn't been bad for four years, and he's just kind of <laughs> hitting his prime right now. This is Aaron Hicks. The coaching's been fine, and he just sucks at times. And yeah, he does. That's on, that's on him. I, the, now the fans have not been particularly nice to him, but that's what you sign up for. You're getting paid ten million dollars. This is you got to be able to deal with the criticism, especially in New York. Yeah. If you can't, I, I mean, look, the Yankees traded Joey Gallo, and he was mentally shot. I don't, I, I you know, the only reason they haven't traded or got rid of Hicks is nobody freaking wants him. You know, that's nobody the, wants the ten million dollars, and I don't think that the, the high end yeah. possibility. Like maybe he recovers here and still hits twenty bombs the rest of the season. Hicks is like, yeah. we're hoping you just do something. Like, no one's hoping for 30 bombs from Aaron Hicks. Everyone's hoping that he's at least, like, he can do something. That, I know it sounds bad because he's a major league player making $30 million the next 30 years. $39 million, excuse me. Um, or maybe it's $29 million. Either way, way too much money. But we're hoping he can at least do something. And I loved what you said, and I kind of want to wrap it up here with that. I love what you said about Cabrera working on his walk rate and swinging and chasing less. Because in the minors, Cabrera was really good in terms of waiting on pitches. His plate discipline was one of his best attributes. And then he came up the first, I think, 26 or 27 at-bats. I don't think he got a hit. Maybe he got one hit. And then he kind of settled in. And he posted a 111 WRC+, and more F-war than Aaron Hicks did. And he only played like two months. So I believe in Cabrera a lot more than I believe in Hicks, like he said. But Hicks can still be decent. Again, the Red Sox current trio of Kike Hernandez, Christian Arroyo, and Jaron Duran 
posted 1.0 less F war last season combined than Aaron Hicks did. So it's like we can be you can we can be hard on Hicks and stuff, but at the end of the day, he's certainly not the worst player in baseball. And there's certainly worse players we could run out there. Like again, we could still have Clint Frazier playing left field. So everything is it's important to look at everything through like a different perspective and realize, hey, Hicks's 1.5 or 1.7 F war is not the worst thing possible last season. And that was with him being atrocious at the plate. But again, it's because he walks a lot. I don't know. Uh, we've, been, we've been really repetitive in this episode, but we, we don't want to like basically say, oh, we think Hicks is going to be him. He's back. He's great. But we do think Hicks is going to be better than he was last year. He's not going to have the shift to worry about. His wrist should hopefully be cleared up. And I hope someone pulled him aside this offseason and has been hanging out with him and been like, Aaron, you can be a good baseball player. You just have to get the mental right. Like you said, it's all mental. Um, and that's the biggest thing with him. It's just, is he going to come out of the gates ready to play? Or is he going to come out of the gates wanting a pity party? That's the big question. But we're going to see what happens, my friends. I'd love to hear your perspectives below in the YouTube comments about Aaron Hicks. What do you think is going to happen with him? Do you think he can be a contributor? Maybe he's on his way out. Um, I think it's up in the Can't end. We've tried to give comments. you more of a... Yeah, right. We've tried to give you a pretty balanced perspective and a pretty fair analysis of what we think of him. Um, we don't think he's going to be extravagant. We don't think he's going to be great, but maybe he can provide some value. With that being said, we both do agree that Oswaldo Cabrera leads the chase right now for that starting left field gig. And Hicks, I think the other reason they're keeping him around is simply because they want competition for Oswaldo. They want him to play um, as well as possible. And, and competition always brings the best out of people. So I think that they're trying to get the best out of Cabrera and they, and they know Hicks will push him because Hicks wants to start. He wants like, you know, he's only 33. He could play pretty high level for a couple more years. I mean, we just signed judge to a massive deal. He'll be 39 when it ends. So it's like, he does have years left and maybe he can get another nice little contract and get paid again. And you know, Oswaldo Cabrera is kind of standing in the way of that. So maybe we'll see what happens here. This is going to be a fun off season um, or rather spring training coming up in about a month here. So we're excited for that, but always happy your perspectives below in the YouTube comments. Make sure to like, and subscribe as always. And we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Yankees episode.